introducing to you the fat loss formula by Brendan Loden. So before I start today's podcast episode, I want to talk to you very quickly about my event that I'm running in aid of Campaign Against Living Miserably, also known as CAM. So I'm doing my first ever in-person event called the Fat Loss Formula, where I'll be helping you write your goals to get you to fire the fuck up and go for it, create habits for you to instill so you don't have to second guess yourself, and more importantly, allow you the blueprints to lose that first dress size. This is going to be two pound to come and all proceeds will be going to campaign against living miserably. For those who have been a long time listener of this uh, podcast, you'll know that campaign against miserably, living miserably, sorry, is the charity that I work with quite a lot. It's essentially a suicide prevention hotline. I won't go into it too much today, but it's a service that I've used previously in my life. Just eight pound can save somebody's life. That is how much it takes to run of one single call at the call centers. The call centers are open from 7 p.m. onwards and open throughout the late at night, every single night. And Campaign Against Living Miserably wants to open them lines up from midday onwards, but they currently cannot afford to do so. And that is why I'm doing the Fat Loss Formula Live. So if you are interested, message Brendan Learn at brendan.findfitness on Instagram, and I'll put you forward towards the details. You'll have to fill out a form for your interests so I know how many people come in because there is 30 seats available and I'll send you the link so you can donate your £2. If you want to donate more, that's absolutely fantastic. But I'm only asking for £2. But again, that's your call. So I thought I'd start with that today before we get into the swing of things. So I would love you to come to the Fat Loss Formula Live on the 16th of April at 2pm at Pure Gym Hull and the B Gym Studios. See you there. Hello and welcome to the Fine Fitness Podcast by me, Brendan Loden, a humble personal trainer and online coach based out of the city of Hull. And on today's episode, it is a solo one in which I talk about my weight loss journey, how I felt during the journey and why it made me the man I am today. Um, This was slightly longer than planned. I did go really in depth at times in regards to my life. I get very, very, very deep in regards to how I felt as well. Um, not saying you're going to need any issues for this one, but you're going to really get a true reflection of how I did feel during this time and everything else that came with, with it all. So all the hobbies and exercises and experience that I had with not just the gym, but like sport as well. I talk about it all today in today's podcast. Um, before I do swing it over to the Brendan of the recording, uh, I must say, as usual, your man's trying to get on Spotify rap this year, basically. And if you get a certain percentage of people from Spotify rap, you get paid from Spotify. So I need as many people as I can to listen to this podcast, more than ever this time around. So if you have listened to this far, even if you aren't going to listen to my voice in general, don't be a dick, just support me here. Like, screenshot this podcast on whatever app you're on, share it on your Instagram story, and I will share you listening to the podcast as well. Let's get the numbers big because I want some bread from Spotify. That sounded desperate. Anyways, I'm going to flip it over to the real Brendan talking about his weight loss journey about now. Episode 20. So, did I think I was going to get 20 episodes? Did I fuck 
Um, technically, this is episode number 21. As I and I regret doing this now. Um, last November, the first episode, I called it episode zero. And then every episode after that, I would start the episode going, oh, this is number one, this is number two, this is number three, this is number four, and so on. So the last episode was actually the episode 20. Today's episode is number 21. So throughout time now, whenever I do an episode now, um, I'm always one behind on the actual number because I thought I'd call episode zero. Granted, it's my shortest episode ever. Um, who is Brendan Lurden. Um, I called that one episode zero, and I really regret doing that now. Uh, it doesn't really matter. It's just semantics. Like, whenever I'm introducing a guest, I know that in my head I've got to go, right, okay, this is not the actual episode it is, if that makes any sense. So, yeah, 21 episodes. We've almost come up to a year. Um, to celebrate a year, I've got a huge guest lined up for that one, hopefully, anyways. Um, I will cut this out if that doesn't happen. Uh, so you will not know about that one if it doesn't happen. Um, by huge guest, I mean, essentially, it's going to be someone within the industry who I very much respect on a high level. Um, so, yeah, it won't be any celebrities or anything like that. It's not going to be a Joe Wicks or a Jim Smith or anything like that. I'm just putting out that stall there like I know fully well who that guest will be. They've said they're all probably up for it. Um, it just depends on how busy they are in November. So, yeah, we have almost done a year of the Find Fitness podcast. And when I did that first episode, I, one, was surprised how easy it is to do a podcast. Um, and two, I was almost doing it out of a hobby. I didn't think anyone would really care. I was expecting five or six or maybe seven listens an episode. Um, we're at the point now where despite me being pretty inconsistent with the releasing of episodes, because your typical podcaster releases an episode weekly, this is not my full-time gig. So I could not afford to do a weekly episode, nor do I have enough to say for a weekly episode. So I am for a month. So the fact that we've done episode 21 in 11 months suggests to me that we've gone a bit ahead of schedule. That is fine. And that is perfectly fine. Um, but yeah, so it's been absolutely wild to do this. I've absolutely really loved it. It's been a bit of a passion project that I started in lockdown one. Um, and I'm, I'm sure I'll repeat all this in episode year anniversary. Um, shall I do that one or not? We'll see, won't we? And I've already talked about my career and why I am who I am today and why do I think that I've got any right to have a fitness-based podcast that I release to the world. And it got me thinking recently. So I did a post. Uh, the other day, let's have a look on here. What date was it? It was basically a progress picture of mine, and it which went through a picture of me. Um, let's have a look on this picture again. It was me at any time fitness in York compared to now, um, when I did my latest progress pictures. I do them do them weekly now. Um, do I think that's a bit overkill for some? Absolutely. So I'm not recommending. Normally, advocate to do uh, progress pictures every week. I have an online coach who's very much into bodybuilding. I am not into bodybuilding. That's why I've hired him. So it's something a bit different to what I'm used to. And yeah, so I've just realized on the video, I am the same shade of green as my wall. Um, but yeah, so it got me thinking from that per person in October the 5th that maybe I should do a, an episode in depth. I did talk about my weight a little bit on episode zero. But I didn't really fully go into the depths of it all. Um, so essentially what we're going to do is just discuss 
from the start to present, my weight, how I felt about my weight, how I got to the weight I was, to to now really being not the most lean of PT, say so to say, but I do honestly think now that I have got like a bodybuilding coach now, I don't have what it takes to, to be any much leaner than what I am today. And that's because I do enjoy my food. That's because I do have a passion for balance as well. Like I am willing to, to give up some things and like a lot of my clients will feel the same. And that's why a lot of the clients are with me because sometimes you aren't willing to give up some food you like. You aren't willing to track absolutely everything. Like I, I am not unhealthy, not at all. Do I think I'm unhealthy compared to the majority of personal trainers? Yes. But do I think the majority of personal trainers have poor balance? Another yes. So yeah, I just want to discuss it today and hopefully it might inspire you guys to fucking ask awesome inspiration. What a wanker. Um, but it inspire you guys to realize that Rome wasn't built in a day. Um, I am not at the finished article that I want to be at. And we're going to discuss around 10 years, probably more. In fact, it's probably all 25 years of my fitness journey today. So we'll start from day one, day zero, day dot. And when I really started becoming more aware of my weight and being aware that I was a fat kid, basically. Um, I was a fat kid at school. I was, I say picked on, but it wasn't that bad. It wasn't like really picked on. There was this, um, there was one particular kid at school that would really take the piss out of me and my brother. Um, for being fat, but that was only really, I'm not going to say I was bullied for my weight because I think that would be a bit dramatic. I think that would be creating a narrative that didn't exist. Um, but yes, at primary, I played rugby league with my brother. Um, we were not, none of us in particular. So when I talk about my weight journey, my brother will come in quite a lot because particularly up until the age of 15, 16, um, we had the same sort of paths. We had the same parenting. We had the same food. We have the same exercise regime, so to say. Um, it's only when I really found a passion for it at 16, 17 that we started going different ways. Um, he went more the academic route in regards to his degree. Um, and he's now in like the health industry um, where he's a patient transport officer. I don't know what their actual title is. Um, I don't think he even listens to this podcast, so I could say what I want, really. But yeah, so he is now a... Works for private ambulances. Obviously, I'm a personal trainer. So we aren't the same anymore. But up until about 15, 16, we were the same. Uh, we had very similar likes and dislikes in regards to fitness um, and what sports we did play as well. So from a very young age, rugby was a big part of my life. That's rugby league for the for the Southerners, the correct way to play rugby. Um, played for East Hull RLFC. And that was really the first time, apart from maybe being told I was fat at school, that you could really sort of use your, your weight as power. So I was a prop um, in rugby league. I know positions didn't really matter at the amateur level, particularly when you're eight and nine and 10, because they just basically, all it meant was a prop was doing the first two drives um, and you'd be a bit close to the pack and that's really it. There's no rucking. Um, the scrums, obviously everyone knows at rugby league level aren't really contentious at all. So Positions don't really matter in rugby league when you are eight, when you're nine, when you're 10. And we didn't play flag. Like, I think that's a bit more common nowadays. But, um, but yeah, so I would use my size, my fat, to dive over kids. Um, was I particularly ever a starter? Absolutely fucking not. I was never a starter. Um, but 
I did have a fair few tries. Like, it wasn't as if I was absolutely dog shit. Um, I remember in particular there was one tournament in Blackpool where you play like five or six 25-minute games. And that day in particular, I had a really good run of the day. I think I scored a try in every single game. I remember there was a massive scrap with people from Wakefield. Um, so I, just, I don't remember the context of that one. Uh, I remember a lot of the parents got involved, like typical rugby league amateur level and football is probably the same. Um, but yeah, I remember being a fat kid. I remember being health conscious and weight conscious and at a young age as well. And I hope my mum doesn't mind me saying this, but we were aware of the existence of Weight Watchers. We was aware of the existence of Slimming Wild. And I remember being at primary at the back end. Um, I would love to be a fly on the wall of that now and watching into that conversation. But my mum, and she ain't the only one that's ever done this, but she essentially, we, we, me and my brother was, was in the meeting. It might be because he was more interested in sitting in the car for 25 minutes when while she gets weird. It might have just been for her to try and get us to involved in the Weight Watchers slash Slimming Well, I can't remember which one it was, way of things. But I remember sitting in one of the meetings, it was a big church hall, and there was like 40 women. There was like a few men, there was a few men, granted, but there was about 40 women in that room. And yeah, to, to be a fly in the wall today and see younger Brendan and listen to what they did say there. Um, I've said a lot about Slimming Well and Weight Watchers in the past. I've slated them. Uh, there is some good instructors out there, no doubt. I don't think, I don't, obviously, but it's the standard of what it takes to be a Slimming Well instructor that does, that is relatively low, like it is quite appalling. Um, but they do something that not many other pairs of trainers, online coaches or anything else ever gets to do. They manage to get large groups of women into a room to drive there once a week and discuss their health and their weight. Um, whether the correct things are said in their meetings or not, that's a big deal to get women to talk about their weight in front of each other. It's big. It's good. It's good for, on paper, that's a really good solution. And it does help some people. Um, Slimming Well and Weight Watchers obviously have had results in the past and they're going to, this big mega conglomerate that will always get results. Um, so it obviously does work for some people, whether it's consistent or not, whether it's sustainable or not, that's obviously a different question for another day. Um, but this podcast isn't for me to just sit here and slate fad diets and stuff like that. Every Tom, Dick and Harry fucking PT has ever slagged off Slimming World and Weight Watchers. And I'm proud to say that I barely do post about Slim World and Weight Watchers. I slag off the generic six-week tread program PTs more than anything. We all have our gripes in the industry and Slimming World and Weight Watchers are not mine and one gripe. But, but anyways, yes, I would love to be younger Brendan or watch younger Brendan in those meetings. Um, knowing what I know today, knowing what I'd become. Because fitness and health was never really a priority of mine. I didn't care. I, I played rugby, didn't really exercise out of that. PE was fucking horrible. I hated PE at school. And I remember going into secondary school um, and still being, th at this point, it was more aware that I was the fat kid. Um, and I hope my brother didn't mind me saying this because... We went the same way at that time. We were huge kids. We were big, big kids. I've got stretch marks everywhere today from my weight when I was 11, 12, 13. Um, and a lot of it comes from not enjoying training. 
Like, I know at a young age, you're not expected to be in gyms and stuff like that. But yeah, like at year seven, year eight, um, I hated PE. And more importantly, what I did hate about PE was at a secondary school level, because it was so much bigger. My secondary school was huge. I actually think my secondary school was bigger than my university, because my university wasn't a big one. Um, so yeah, South Oldness was a lot bigger than York St. John, I, I think. I might be wrong with that now, but at the time... Um, York St. John had about 4,000 students and I think South Holland had around that or because I was younger it just seemed like there was hundreds of thousands of people compared to my primary school of 300 people but and it just seemed like every fucker had the same PE time like getting changed in them changing rooms god there was 50 to 60 boys getting changed in that changing room and that's where I realised when I'm getting changed I was covering myself up I was stuck in the corners. I would turn away like that, turn really, really like that. I've been really dramatic turns, even though this is a fucking podcast, but I would make sure no one sees me in the flesh. I would make sure no one sees me. I'd cover my tits because I had big old titties. Um, and yeah, like it's just, that's where I started becoming more aware of I aren't or I don't look like what I want to look like, if that makes any sense. And at secondary, um, I've said his name on that post the other day, and that was Mr. Garthwaite. And if he's alive, if he's dead, do you know what I mean? Sorry, I guess. But um, he was a prick, and he had no right to be in children's sport. And that's why I don't mind saying his name, because if he was to ever listen to this, he did a lot of kids dirty. Um, I mean, that's like he's a pedo there when he's not. But he, he probably didn't just pick on me and my brother. He probably picked on a lot of kids out there. And to have teachers in control of their opinions and they aren't even able to, to to keep their fucking gob shut for an hour. They've got a comment on that kid's work. Like, you're a PE teacher. You aren't a GP. You aren't in any way qualified to be speaking about anybody's work, no less a 12 or 13-year-old boy when you're a 55-year-old man. Like, it, it was disgusting in hindsight. But I remember um, it was, well, football, Football, I enjoyed it as a participant, uh, as a as a viewer, but never as a participant. Uh, my feet are fucking shit. I've got poor coordination. Um, and I was studying goal once, you know, because what else am I going to do? I'm a fat kid. I aren't going to be playing a striker. I could play centre-back and just boot it every time I see it, but I weren't going to play any other position, let's be real. And at primary school, I used to do football tournaments. I was the keeper there as well because... And I weren't a terrible keeper, I remember doing two football tournaments at primary uh, as first choice goalkeeper, but football was never really the biggest, my biggest spot, particularly for a participant level. Um, and he just looked at me, and I, I, the fact that I remember this today is insane. Like, and he just looked me up and down, and he went, "Oh, no surprise, you're in goal, eh, fatty." And it's to this day, and this isn't me making this up. This genuinely happened, and that fucks people up massively fucks people up. From there onwards, I would come up with every excuse in the book to skip PE. It was only year 10 where I really started enjoying it again. And we'll come into why I started enjoying PE in year 10. And I can't remember how old you are in year 10, but I remember year 10 being the change of things in my career and stuff. So we'll go over that in a second. But yes, I was about 13. I was about 13 stone. Like I was a huge kid. Let's get this straight. And my clothes were always 
really, really tight at the waist, but I would always have to get my school trousers taken up because of I've got one massive like school trousers. I remember being a 40, 36 or 40 inch at school. I'm a 32 now. So I wore bigger trousers at school than I do now, which is insane. And it it does come from a gluttonous standpoint. Like I would come from school on the way to school. There was a um, bakery called Rolling Pin. I would have a Rocky Road and a hot chocolate on the way to school after having my breakfast at home. So this is not on my mum. Let's just make this clear. This is all on me. Um, sometimes I would then get a steak bake from Coopland's on the way to school. So we're talking if at the Rolling Pin... Um, Rocky Road wasn't in. I'd still get the hot chocolate from Rolling Pin. And then the next bakery along Coupland's the sort of chain, which I found out the other day, my client Cheryl worked at around this time, which is it fucking mental when you think about it. I would buy a toffee Danish from there with my hot chocolate. Um, and then we'd get to school and then have my lunches, whatever mum's got me. Um, nine times out of 10, I would have a school meal. And you'd usually, you could get a dessert for like one pound, couldn't you, at school? And on top of that, if the kid was ever selling chocolate bars, uh, you'd buy a chocolate bar at school. Um, and then if other kids don't want to eat their food from their pat lunch at school, I would more than happily fucking monster that as well. Um, and on top of that, on the way home, there was a pizza place that did like instant garlic bread and they were fucking good. I would love to have one of them again. Really soft, it'd be like be almost gooey in the middle. Uh, 60p for a garlic bread. Uh, I'd eat that on the way home. And then I'd have tea, and then no doubt I'd probably have dessert at home. So you're talking five, six meals a day. And I would walk to and from schools. Like, it was two miles. It was a good walk. But that's futile when you're eating as much as I was eating. Like, so this isn't a blaming anybody else. I've got myself to blame. And when you're skipping PE, you're not enjoying sport. Do you know what I mean? Like, at secondary, I didn't even try. I think year seven, I tried doing the rugby league team. Um, but then... Mr. Garthway was ahead of that, and I won't be a part of that. This isn't going to be the defamation of Mr. Garthway as a person, but he's a prick. Um, so rugby league wasn't on the cards for um, school level. Um, but then around year nine, year ten, something changed. We, and this is the family as a collective. My mum got a personal trainer at David Lloyd. I think he was called Paul. I don't know if he's still in the industry today. I would love to investigate to see if he is in the industry today. And by my mum going to a PT at David Lloyd, she, we, me and my brother also joined David Lloyd at the time. Uh, and our friend Tristan would, would also join at the time as well. And yes, heading to David Lloyd in Eastville was a bit of a trek, but it was worth it. Like it was the first kind of, that was my first real What's the word? What's the word? Last time my eyes were open to the world of fitness, um, so to say. Like, we would have to wear these yellow wristbands because we were children, and the moment you walked away from the reception, you could just take them off. You could hire squash courts um, when you were there as well. So you could do other sports. Obviously, David Lloyd's a tennis slash squash place more than it is a gym. Nowadays, maybe not, but... Yeah, so we'd, we'd have the swim pool, we'd have the sauna, we'd have the steam room, we'd have the actual gym itself. Like, this was like, boom, my eyes were opened. And I was still a fat kid at this point. Uh, my brother was the same. Uh, and we'd also go with Tristan. Tristan, until this day, built like a drain pipe. 
Um, and we would just basically wing training. We would wing it every day. We, and we went three times a week. And that was where we really sort of cut our teeth and really started training. And I started getting a bit bossy and getting bossier and bossier every single week. I started Googling stuff, bodybuilding.com. I started reading into it. And I started, I didn't lose any weight because if I look back, I was still fat, but I started to feel stronger. I started to feel a bit sort of firmer in sort of the neck and the shoulders in particular. And I really, really started enjoying it. And at this time in year 10, um, we were part of cadets as well. And cadets have a big sort of, really in hindsight for children like at secondary level really good development of sport and PE and stuff like that I remember doing a relay race a 400 meter relay race at like 14 15 and winning it despite being the biggest kid in the race and I was like oh there's somewhere here there's, there's something and this is at this still point I'm still very self-conscious I'm still very fat I'm still keeping my t-shirt on whenever I can I mean to be honest even today I still keep my t-shirt one where I can. Whenever I get changed in a public setting, to this day, I still kind of hide away a bit. And I can be, I could be a medium t-shirt, I could be an XL full of muscle. I think I'll always be doing that. I'll always, I've always done it. I think I always will. I think when you're ingrained with that in your head that you are fat or you have been fat and you have stretch marks, you have this, you have that, I think you're always going to do it. Um, so again, I could have millions of abs and I, to this day, I know that I'd probably still hide away my body in real life. It's a bit different when I'm doing progress pictures on Instagram and stuff in real life, whenever I can. Um, but yeah, so like I was the fat kid, but there was some level of athleticism there, kind of. And at the same time at this point, uh, I was doing engineering at school at Withensee High. So I'd go to South Holland three days a week and I'd go to a different school in Withensee. So people that don't know, that's about 45 to 50 minutes away from the other school. So we do, it was an engineering diploma for two Tuesdays and Thursdays. Instead of doing like a, a GCSEs and like languages and stuff like that, I chose one thing. It was a diploma. It took full days off, two full days a week in Withensee. We'd have fish and chips every Tuesday because on the beach. We'd have fish and chips every day on Thursdays. The ice cream shop that's still open to this day was only open Thursdays. So at least I'd only have ice cream once a week as well. So, and then I'm still getting the bus home on the night and I'm still getting really gluttonous garlic breads and stuff like that. So I'm still eating like a fucking bag of shit at this point. But the at dinner time, sometimes the, the gym was open at Wednesday High and he was allowed to use the gym. And that's where I started getting the bossy boots from trading with Tristan Connor into the guys that was on the engineering diploma. And I really started enjoying it. I really started enjoying it quite a lot. And I remember one guy in year 10 called Ozzy, uh, Owen Wilson, not the actor, but he quit the diploma to do GCSE PE instead. And I thought that was an interesting route. And it, I almost did it myself, but I decided ultimately not to. And then I did another year in a diploma. I got an A star in electronics. And all my other GCSEs were C's, like every single one of my other GCSEs were C's. And then when it came around to college decision, I wanted to do electrical engineering. I ultimately didn't have the grades to do it. You needed an A or B in maths. Um, so I did like an emergency GCSE reset in the summer and I got a D in it because I, you didn't prepare for it. And normally I had to make a big, a big decision at college level at 15, 16. 
keep in mind from 11, 12, I was engineering, engineering, engineering. But ultimately at this point, I knew I didn't have the, the numbers, the academic side to do that. But what I did know was I enjoyed shouting at Connor and Tristan in the gym. I enjoyed being bossy on their lunchtime gym sessions in Withensea. So I remember telling my mum to my granddad to this day, I was sat crying my eyes out at the college open day because my, my, my career has been ruined, even though it never fucking started. It's funny when you're 15, 16, you think it's the whale, it's the biggest thing ever. But I remember sat up on that open day, eyes roaring that I can't do engineering. And then was all right, go home and have a think about it. And I remember we was driving away from college. The next open day was two days later. Uh, I remember telling my mum and my granddad who were both in that car, going, what if I did sport? And I was like, what do you mean? Keep in mind at this point, me and my brother played rugby league very young. Um, we started playing American football very recently at this point. And our only real gym experience were us fucking about. So it was kind of like kept to myself how much I really enjoyed the training in the gym and stuff. Um, and my mum and my granddad, and they'll maybe deny this to this day, but they, they said it was a terrible decision. But we did do a deal. Um, so I chose to do A-level PE, uh, psychology, sociology, and applied science. So if I got a high enough grade in applied science in my first year AS, I was able to get rushed onto the A-level for the second year of electronics, because obviously I didn't have the maths qualification. Um, but it was fine as long as if you get a science accreditation, um, this applied science one was all three of them combined. I was able to skip the first year of electronics, go to the second year of electronics, and then lo and behold, potentially go to a university route right that. Um, but college level, I did A-level PE. Um, I fucking loved it. I did AS applied science. I fucking hated it. Um, so psychology, I hated as well. Sociology, I kind of liked, but that was the teacher more than anything. Um, God, I forget his name, but he was really great guy. Really, really fucking great guy. Um, and AS results came around after a year of doing PE. So I like to shout out the teacher at the point. So Matt Lucid, um, PE teacher at that time for that first year for me. Um, and he's still there to this day. I think he's actually a principal at White College or something now. And he, he really got me into it, really got me into fitness, really kind of encouraged. It was a good sort of, not a shoulder to cry on, but being a bigger guy at college year level, like you've got some guys that are fringe LFC players there doing the same course as you. Um, it was quite embarrassing at times whenever we did the practical stuff because my fitness wasn't there. But, but Mark was really good at keeping me grounded and enjoying it still. And then at the end of the year, I got straight E's at AS, apart from one. I got one A at A level, and that was PE. By the way, though, if you get straight E's in one A, you're probably going to get chucked out of college. So open day yet again for the year later when you're choosing where your bi-electives are and what your next course is going to be. I had one option and one option only, and it unfortunately broke the deal with my mum and my granddad. Um, and that deal was obviously that I've got to do applied science, but I got an E in applied science, yes. I wasn't allowed to carry on or go into my electronics. So yet again, my dream of being an electrical engineer to over for the second year in a row. But this time there's hope because I got that A-level A and PE. Um, and then I begged the college, Mark in particular, to let me on the diploma for the first year for um, sport. So I was doing A-level uh, PE, 
and I was doing the diploma in sports. I was doing one second year, one first year option. Halfway through the year, I dropped the A-level sport because I'll come into that in a second. It found out it was actually quite pointless. But um, so now um broke the deal with my mum and granddad and I had to prove that it was the right decision to them. And yes, yeah, so I had to do full time every day of the week, every time at college was sport, 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 sport. And that's where it started growing. That's where the fire inside of me really started growing. Um, in terms of outside of academic sort of things at this point, I've ended up talking about my career a bit too, so I'm going to try and lean towards the fitness end of things again. I was still a big guy, and I, we'll talk about that, but my weight was getting slight, less and less and less and less. Uh, I remember benching like 70 kilograms at age 16, 17, which is fucking... I just get past that now, to be honest, but... To do that at 16, 17 was insane. I was really, fucking really hyped for it. And then at the same time, me, we moved from Hedden to Osringham. So we had to leave David Lloyd. Uh, in between, that was briefly a boxing gym uh, in Hedden, where a guy called Matt, who was our member at Pure Gym, so I see him training regularly. I talked to him quite a few times. He was a PT my mum for a little bit, but we then had to move forever away from there. So we was at, the only gym that you had a choice at was Patrickton Haven, Health club. So it was essentially, and they've had a refurb since now from what I've seen in the pictures and stuff like that. But Passion Health Club is where I really started cutting my teeth because that gym was fucking empty. It was a spa full of, no offense, but older people. Um, and that was where I really started enjoying it. The gym was absolutely empty. There was like two Smith machines, a rack of dumbbells that went up to like 40 kilograms. There was some cables and there was some, um, there was a studio, but I never really went into that. I never did any classes either. And I would go in the hot tub afterwards as well. And it was a 25-minute bike ride from... It wasn't actually in hindsight, but I was a kid and I was slow on my bike. But I, I would go on my own if none of the... If my mum wasn't up for it, if my brother wasn't up for it. I remember actually missing one of the England Euro World Cup... Uh, Euro World Cup, I can't remember. This was 2012. I can't remember which tournament it was. I remember missing the opening game because I was biking back from the gym and that, this is where I really started being a passion of mine. Um, but I loved that gym. I really did. And that's when I really started enjoying it. Um, there's actually a guy who I've spoken to recently. Alex Bishop, that's it. Alex Bishop. So he is a sport massage therapist and PT. He, he's not asked for this shout out, um, but he, um, he was always on the reception there. Every waking minute of the day, every time I came in, he was in there. And he really sort of showed me the career element of things. And he, he's such a nice guy. Like, it was him at that point that I realised that it could be a career. So, yeah, uh, shout out to Alex Bishop on that one there. Uh, fitness was really fun for me at that point. Really, really fun. So I was doing it at college. I was doing it on the night. It started becoming my big, big deal. And also at this time, me and my brother started American football. Um, so we're conditioning for that. We had a purpose to train at that point as well. And that really, really helped. Um, again, at this point when, and some people might not understand this, but when you get to a certain weight, when you get to a certain physique that you're not happy with, you do not want to get weird. You do not want to have progress pictures. You do not want to have pictures of you. So my earliest stats, and we haven't got to 2018 yet when I'm talking about the podcast, but my early stats start at 2018. It's when I started doing, like really going for weight loss. But you don't want to weigh yourself. Like, I don't know. At my heaviest, so at the time of rec that recorded heaviest weight was around 18 and a half stone. I definitely weighed more than that. But at that point, you do not want to get weighed. It's demoralizing. It's distraught, like soul destroying. 
you do all have pictures of you. So again, when I use progress pictures, I use pictures of me from when I was at work in the gym at Anytime Fitness, or I'll use uh, social events where I'm sat down because I didn't get any pictures of me stood up. You weren't going to have pictures of me in social settings. It just wasn't happening. And it, I, in hindsight, I do wish I had that all recorded and so I could show you all the true extent of my size at this point. But but yeah, so when I talk about my weight, I, I, I don't really know what it was at this point because I was embarrassed to stand on the scale. It just wasn't happening. That's the last thing I'd even think, dream of doing. So yeah, so when we was playing at American football uh, for Humber Warhawks, I, um, I was an offensive lineman. I wanted to be a wide receiver or a tight end where you've got to run and catch the ball um, for people that don't know American football. But I was too fat, simply put. I was too fat. Uh, so I ended up playing offensive line, really embraced my size there, same as well as playing a prop when I was at, at primary school. Um, and that really, I really enjoyed that. There was a time where really I was training full-time I was doing A-level diploma, PE, and I was playing American football on a weekend. It was a very, very, very got. And that's when I started getting more shapely. Again, still a fat kid, still always has been. But I looked a bit better, if that makes any sense at all. And that's when fitness was, like, okay, I knew what my career was going to be in fitness. I didn't know what I was going to do. Um, the big dream was going to be a strength and conditioning coach for a college-level American football team. Um, the college level, because... In your head, you see all the partying in American films and stuff. You, in your head, for some reason, get to think that I would have been able to do the house sort of, when they're like, they do the Greek letter, like alphabet house, and you've got to drink this and party. And for some reason, I thought that I could do that partying if I was a strength coach at a, a college team, even though you'd be incredibly unprofessional if you did that. But I was fucking 17, 18. I actually applied to be at the University uh, Florida State. Um, and I almost got the grant, but you had to do a 400 meter sprint. You had to do a strength test. You had to do this and that, and I failed miserably. So I actually almost got the grant to do the S&C course in America where I would have got paid to do it, but it never got any serious levels of happening. Um, and then my second year of college ended, or just at the back end of my second year of college ended. Um, I had my like one-to-one -one with Mark, by who at this point is my tutor and head of... PE at Wake. And he went to me, he went, you've got enough points to go to university this year. I went, how? I'm in my technically my first year of college again. Um, and yeah, because an E's got 20, points on it and you had four, five, 20, 40, 60. I had 80 points. It was, if you get a clean sweep in this diploma, you will have 320 UCAS points, therefore you can go to university this year. So, he basically made me a deal. He was like, you get, you graph to get them, them, them distinction stars. I will help you do your cover letter do your personal statement for your university applications. How far away from home do you want to really go? Um, and because I didn't really think about going to uni this, this early, I was I was going to have my full second year to think about it. I had three weeks to decide. I, I was going to York then. It was York or Leeds. Um, in hindsight, with the party life, I went and picked, picked uh, Leeds, but end of the day, I probably would have been fucking huge still. I'd probably been Kirkhead or something. But yeah, so I went to York City job. Uh, last minute, very, very much. I didn't really get a true goodbye from everyone at college. The, my classmates caught up to me at university level. So Matty Carter, in particular, I went to college with. He ended up coming to York St. John under my recommendation. Um, and then, yeah, so I started losing weight and then university happened and it all went to shit again. It went to massively went to shit. And this is where I've started recording my weights. Um, 
So when you're doing a sport course at, at university, you think by just by doing that, I learn you were uh, good enough. And all practical elements of my courses at university level were on a Wednesday, a Thursday morning, just so we didn't go out on Wednesday nights. Um, and anyone that knows universities, the best night to go out a week is a Wednesday night. Uh, shout out Fibbers, frat house. Um, I would go out every single Wednesday night. I fucking, it was the best night of the week. And I think that's funny now because my Wednesday nights now are actually the earliest to go to bed. Um, that's a part of growing, I guess. But yeah, so I would miss all my practical elements. I did have a gym membership at Pure Gym York. Can't remember how many times I went. Let's put it that way. I didn't remember my pin number. If you don't remember your pin number at Pure Gym, it means you're probably not going enough. Um, so I'm just opening up my fitness pal now where I started tracking my weights at this point. Um, was I at uni on the January 1st, 2018? I don't think I was. So I was at, started uni 2014, 2015, 2016, where the years over there. No, 20. 15, 16, 17. So I wouldn't have been at university when I started logging my weight then in that case. But yeah, so I have a picture of me at university. Um, I was not in the picture. I was it, some people having a group photo and then I'm in the background. Um, and for all intents and purposes of this picture, so I'm opening up my old group chat from, from, from uni uh, on here. Um, and I remember seeing this and I was like, oh my God, that's when I really, so just to preface this and I will make this into a snippet for Instagram. Um, there must've been the election going on. So this night at uni uh, to, to sort of advertise the election, the nightclub must've just put the prime ministers and the candidates heads on people at the nightclub. And then lo and behold in the background, you can see big Brendan, in the background there, behind fake Nick Clegg. That photo there is when I realised, fuck, I need to get my shit together. That picture humbled me. It scared me, in fact. And that's when I really started taking fitness seriously. I started second half to third year. If anyone asks, I just disappeared second, third year. Just disappeared, stopped going out. Just completely stopped going out. At this point, my depression got diagnosed at the same time, though. And I think part of me might be the weight, to be fair. But yeah, I got diagnosed with depression in second slash third year. That's when I started my sertraline uh, and then stopped it because I didn't really want to be on it. But So that was a weird time for me. But I was motivated to train, funny enough. Um, I'm not saying the depression helped me or anything like that. But but yes, I was motivated to train at that point. But yeah, so that, that picture there haunted me. And to this day, it haunts me. I remember, I remember the feeling of sat in the living room at uni and seeing that photo, we're all laughing at it. And then I'm like in the background of it and I'm like, like I'm just shocked. Um, but yeah, I stopped going out. Um, I stopped, yeah, you, you don't go to all at uni. Um, but yeah, so that's when things went a bit better for me uh, until I started doing bar work. <laughs> yeah, and then bar work made it worse again. Um, very sleep deprived, drinking every night after shifts and stuff like that, and then going out after your shifts. Um, I worked at Revolution where the food is unreal and you'd get a free meal. And it wasn't just if you got steak and chips, you get a full fucking steak and chips. So I remember, I, I remember weighing myself. I didn't track it on my fitness pal, but I was 18 and a half stern at Revolution in New York. I was started doing my practical element of stuff at uni, um, and I helped start the American football team that still exists to this day. To be the first ever president of seeing a team run to this day is quite rewarding. So the York St. John Jaguar American football team was started in my second year of uni. And 
obviously we were training there twice a week. And then university kind of ended on a sour note. Um, that's a story for another day, uh, mainly due to depression. But yeah, so university just ended. And then I was a member, I remember starting work at Anytime Fitness in York, weighing 18 after. And obviously at the start of Anytime Fitness, I was employed purely. I got told I was going to be a fitness instructor because I was qualified, but I was employed solely purpose for a member services role. Basically, you'd sit in the office, you'd ring members for, for, for memberships. And lo and behold, I got put into this member services role because I got told I was too fat to, to be seen exercising in an Anytime Fitness uniform. And um, yeah, so I got told I was too fat to, to not to wear the uniform, but to, to train. And it was only when they started pissing off all the freelance gym instructors that I finally got a chance to do spin classes at that gym. I remember I did one spin class uh, and the fucking music was bouncing me. I had disco like I bought some disco lights out of my own money to put in the studio because the studio was very, what's the word? Sterile. It was all white walls. It was very boring. It wasn't the most fun environment to do fun engaging fitness classes at, but I bought my own disco lights. I turned the normal lights off and would have a fucking party doing it. And I put my absolute all into that spin class because that's what I wanted to do. It took them about a year to let me be a gym instructor there. Like it took a long, long time to finally convince them. It's only because I lost all the staff members I was allowed to do it. And there, that's that's it. Like that's when what started today started was that day. I remember getting off that bike, buzzed off my tits. I ran downstairs covered in sweat. Ali, the general manager, the fucking most sound guy ever, ex-military hard as fuck. He, he was a professional boxer at some point. Um, I came downstairs really buzzing. And he went, you've got the bug, haven't you? I, went, I have, I have, I really do. And he went, right. He went, let's prove them further wrong. Because he ain't there anymore. I don't mind him saying that. But he went, right, let's prove them two upstairs further wrong. Let's get you looking the part whilst also doing amazing classes. At this point, I just finished my spot massage qualification as well. So I was doing two jobs. I was a gym instructor for 40 hours a week. And at the end of my shift, I would do spot massage. And I had good money doing that. I had quite a lot of clients because keep in mind, I was there from the gym's opening. A lot of the members only knew me and me only because there was always a tenor of staff until Dom, who's there today. Uh, he's a great guy. Uh, until he came in, it was just constant. I saw like eight or nine PTs come and go from that place. Um so all the members knew me. It was very familiar for me. So when I went self-employed on my own business venture in the gym, they wanted to support me. So even people that didn't really care about having spot massage, they wanted to pay me. So they just, they had, I had a spot massage once a week with them. Julie, um, I've, I'm a Fitbit's broken now, but my first Fitbit she gave me it when she just bought me it, like when I was leaving as a thank you, because I was there from day one for her. Um, and... That's where my fitness got serious. That's when I started tracking calories. That's when I started training on an actual scheduled training program. That's when I really started enjoying the gym. Ali was really into CrossFit. I was not, but I would do the occasional one with him. And that's when I started losing weight. And this is where I started tracking my weight. So January the 1st, I think I just rounded the I don't think it was exactly January the 1st. Um, I was 18 and a half stone on January the 1st here. Uh, I've also got a progress picture on here as well. Um, Again, I'm going to show it to the camera in case I use this for Instagram content in the future. That was my first ever recorded picture, my first ever progress picture there. And I got bigger than that at some point, annoyingly. Because um, I'm not terribly big there. I'm, I don't. I look at that and think, oh, my God. There's actually a later picture I do think, oh, my God. But 
that's when I really started loving my training, really started loving it, really started like fucking adoring it in fact. And keep mind at this point, I'm level three PT qualified. I've got level two fitness instructor. I have a spot massage qualification, but I was not allowed to be a personal trainer. I didn't want to be either because the self-employed element scared me. I didn't want to be self-employed. I liked having the salary. Um, and then push came to shove in the summer of 2018. This is when my life was really turned upside down. Um, and at this point, I was waiting for my new house to get ready. And my flat, sorry. And it was a shithole. And it would take them six weeks. I never used a single holiday day in my life at any time fitness in two and a half years I was there. And I asked a favour. I was like, can I have six weeks off because I've got nowhere to live? They said no. So the option that I had to then do was sleep on members' sofas. Genuinely, this is not me bullshitting. I, I didn't have a house for three, not three and a half weeks. Uh, I, would, I slept on three different Anytime Fitness members' spare rooms and sofas. That part of my life was, it was awful. And if, if I was to look, I'm looking at the graph of my weight now, I can see a massive spike in weight because I couldn't be consistent. I couldn't expect them to cook for me when I lived there. But I also couldn't expect to them allow me to use their full kitchen facilities. So I was eating takeaways and ready meals nearly every night whilst working at Anytime Fitness, doing classes and stuff. So my fitness kind of went the wayside at this point. Um, Ali was quite high-ranking TA. So Ali would fuck off every now and then for a long period of time. So the gym was just me. And I remember I was working 12, 13 hours a day, coming home, having a takeaway. And then my friend, Jack, Jack Norman, uh, I know these names mean nothing to you guys, but this podcast is long, by the way, I'm going. I've, once I've started, I've started, haven't I? But I lived at his friend's house for three and a half weeks because um, their parents were away for the summer. Uh, that's when things started going a bit better again. Um, and then my flat finally got ready. So I paid for and signed for my flat on the Monday. Uh, I rang Richard and Paul up and said, look, I can come back tomorrow, um, but I need a week off. They didn't let me have the week off. I had the week off anyway when I shouldn't off because I needed to get my flat ready. Um, so I got my keys the Monday later after skipping work for a week. It's a one-off, mind you. And I didn't use any holidays the last, last three years. So I had every right in my eyes to have this week off. And I still stand by that today. Um, I came back on the Tuesday and they sacked me. I, that day, I've got, I remember the day, it was September the 3rd, 2018. So I got the keys September the 2nd. I moved in September the 3rd. I didn't have any furniture yet. And I got sacked from the only full-time job I've ever known. I did buy wet prior to that. Um, didn't know about tribunals and appeals. And I didn't have a clue. And I just signed, I just gave £600 to a random stranger to, to have a shit all of a flat the day before. My life just got turned upside down, just like that. It did. Um, and it's funny how things work out because in the weeks leading up to it, I was going home every weekend because I didn't want to get in Jack's personal space or any of the members at any times. Um, I was doing spot massage in Hull as a extra bit of money. So I would come home every weekend to my mum's, um, sleep in what was now the spare room, which is used to be my own room, uh, and massage at Fit24. And then, then I'd come back on the Sunday night and do any time fitness again. Um, so I had two jobs at that point. So I was out of spite, not massaging at any time fitness anymore because I didn't want them to get any benefit from my services um, whilst they didn't let me have time off. By that week away, and I was doing massage full-time at Fit24 for one week in Hull um, when there was that St. Stephen's. And 
when I got sacked from Anytime Fitness that night, I just put a Facebook status on my like page, the same one that's Fine Fitness today. Um, and I just put, no longer doing massages at Anytime Fitness York. We'll still be doing freelance massages in the city of York for now, but I will be doing all my massages within the facility at uh, Fit24 Hull. And lo and behold, I ended up working for the night shifts at Fit24 Hull. Um, at that time, I really needed it. Did I need it in the future? No, I didn't. Anyone, I would not recommend anyone ever doing night shifts and stuff like that at a gym. And that's not personal to them. That's just night shifts in general. They're awful. You're essentially a cleaner. So if you want to go into fitness, you're kind of not doing it when you're in that situation because you're more of a cleaner than anything. But that's part of the job. I knew that sign up to it. I am going to start slating them. Um, but yeah, so I was traveling from York to Hull to do night shifts and then traveling back to my flat that barely any furniture in it. And that was a really tough time for me. I lived opposite KFC in York. I lived down um, Micklegate, where all the pubs are. So you weren't going to get any sleep in the day because uh, all the bar crawls and day sessions and stuff like that. So sleep was shit, weight was shit. So again, I looked at my weight just now on this graph. I got back up to around 17 stone at this point. Very sad with my life right now. And then the gas leak happened in my rented house in York. And then I was able to get out of the contract in York. And then because I had a job in Hull, I moved to Hull. And because I had so many massages in Hull, I considered myself, I thought I could go full time with that. Um, keep in mind, the only people I had were the people on massage anyway. So when I first came back to Hull, I figured, oh yeah, I'll sign up for a nice house on Kingswood in Hull and I'll get a load of money doing massage now and doing a bit of night shifts here and there. I couldn't afford it. So I had to quit the night job, Fit24, and go into something I never thought I'd ever do. And that was debt collection in the call centre in Hull. That was the darkest five months of my life. I remember turning 23. Um, getting a bit sad now thinking about this part because little did I know age 24 and 25 birthdays would have been lockdowns. But my 23rd birthday, I remember crying my eyes out in bed on that night because I was now a debt collector in a call centre when the year before I was a gym manager. Because at 22, I was a gym manager. I didn't get paid like one, but I was a gym manager. I had the title of gym manager. Then a year later, I was just another minion in a call centre with a crease shirt every day. And my weight spiked back to 18 stones. So I got to, to 16 and a bit at Fit24 um, when I them two or three months. Because it's a motivating gym. Like, big, big fucking guys in there. And that was a dark period for my health and my fitness because I had a 40-hour office job. It's a big difference to the anytime fitness job because now I'm massaging in a different environment where I'm doing the call centre stuff in. And this is at a nine to five call center. This was, I signed up to that, but I never got the contract for it. My, my shifts, I'd finish at 9 p.m. sometimes. I'd do massage in the morning. Sometimes I'd train in the morning as well. And then I'd train. Um, bless the guy that I'm one of the best mates today, Jacob Trotter. We would train in the morning. He never really was cared about fitness until we worked together at, uh, at, at Westcott. And I fucking loved them two hours I was away from that fucking off course and I fucking loved them. So I would do a massage for an hour. I would do the gym for an hour. Um, keep in mind, like, I was doing two massages a day. I'd do one before work and one after. So I was, I just didn't work. I didn't stop working. And then at the back end of West Scott, I started running my online coaching business. I was then learn sport massage and online coaching. And then I officially changed it to LSMPT. Um and then, I don't know, I just walked in one day. Uh, I had to work at an Easter bank holiday. I just put my notice in. Just did it. And um, 
but yeah, I just, I just, just quit. Just quit. Flat out quit. Um, didn't have a job to sign up to. And then I realized afterwards that these employed personal training jobs are hard to find. So I had to do it. After three years of denying it, going to do it, I had to go self-employed. I had to do it. Um, the options were JD or it was pure gym. Um, I don't know why I didn't choose JD or pure. I can't remember which one was better. And I don't know why I chose one or the other. But yeah, so at 17 stud, I became a self-employed best trainer at age 23 and a bit, probably. But I didn't look the part. I looked like fucking shit. I looked awful. But now I work full-time in the gym. Did that make me train more? Did it fuck? Because I was sick of being in there after a shift. That was that. But what I will say is when I'm looking at my weight on here, uh, let's scroll back to 2019. Yep, so I was 15 half stone, 23% body fat at this point. Uh, I lost two and a bit stone before starting at Pure Gym. Um, but that, I, I still didn't look the part. If I was to get a picture up uh, here... So all my pictures, I always try and hype myself as I'm saying. I never got true reflections of how fat I was. Uh, I always had decent shoulders. So I'm looking on this one here. Like Again, it's for the camera in case I do end up putting this in the video. But, but yeah, so I was very chubby still. Uh, Self-employed PT. I felt like a fucking embarrassment, to be honest. And that, that rings true to this day a little bit now. But yeah, so I started training properly. I had my own training program. I was doing spot massage at Pure Gym at the start. They allowed me to do it in the stock room. That didn't last long. Um, but yeah, I really, 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 really started loving my training at that point. Uh, really started loving it. And I'm scrolling through now on this graph. I think Fitbit is actually a better app to have a look at this. Yeah, there we are. So yeah, so I really started loving my training. I dropped two and a half stone. And I didn't do anything fancy. I never did anything. I never did any diets. I've never done any diets ever. I can honestly happily say that I've never done any diets whilst I full fitness journey. Um, so again, I'm going to show the camera, even though I might not use it. There's a giant slump going down heavy, quite hard. Uh, 2019, that's when I really started getting consistency. I started getting clients um, at the back end of 2019 and really started loving it. I was at 95 kilos. Um, I'm going to go back kilos because that's what I've recorded all this in. Hang on, can I change the units on this? I'm going to do that now. Um, but yeah, so I was a big, big boy still. Big, big, big boy. Um, but I looked the part to some extent. I never, I, I say that, but I never have in my eyes. But but anyways, I can't tell other people off criticising the way they look and not being positive when I don't do it as well. Call myself out sometimes. Um, but yeah, so I can't seem to find how to change the units. There we are, I found it. Stone and kilos, because that's what you lot all know. You lot know stone and kilos. So let's go back to that 2019 section where the weight started dropping. Yep, so I was 14 after 15 stone, 26% body fat. So maybe when I was 21 earlier, I was a bit of a lie. 26% at that point, as a men, body fat is a lot lower than, lower than women's typically because we don't have breasts. I mean, I had breasts, but uh, not natural breasts, if that makes any sense. But yes, the weight started going down, going down, going down, going down. I started training a lot more. Sleep was a bit shit. And then, you know, March 2020, you know what happened. Um, I really started getting in the groove of my fitness industry, in, in the fitness industry. Really started getting a good fucking groove. Um, and then, yeah, we had to close, didn't we? Had to close. Uh, what, what, what weight was I at that point? 
Let's have a look on here. I'm really sorry if this is like a bit of a ramble today, but it's a very personal story for, of me. So I was 13 and a half stone at 23% body fat the day of lockdown started caring. And as I'm scrolling up and up and up and up and up, I gained uh, a stone and a half over the four months we were in lockdown. I was depressed. Flat out. If I didn't have my clients, I'm saying this on the record, I don't think I'd be alive today. I, I know that's very, very, very deep for some of you. You just wanted to find out about my weight, didn't you? How did it? What the secrets were? Yeah, if it were for my clients in lockdown one, I don't think I'd be alive today. Or I don't think my business would be alive today. Uh, I don't want to dramatise it all, but I was in a dark place. Takeaways every single night. Best part about living there, and I talked about Italiana as my last solo podcast. Great fucking pizzas every night. And I think I talked about my depressive episode on that one as well. Um, but yeah, it was pizzas every night. It was Chinese every night. It was Wing Chak every night. Shout out to Hairwin. Takeaways are plenty. Takeaways are plenty because we couldn't get major food shops. That's what we said to ourselves anyway. Um, yeah, food shops were hard to get. I had my local stage from the corner for me and that was it. Um, but yeah, so I came back into the gym, stone half heavier than when we left the gym and 3% body fat higher. Then I saw a welcome back post from Pure Gym um, of me in it. And I was disgusted. This was the same levels of when I saw that picture of me at uni. Disgusted. So I put myself on 1,300 calories for four weeks. Starved myself. Absolutely starved myself. So apologies to any clients that I had. I actually got a lot of new clients in that September. Um, so <laughs> they must have liked me somehow, but I was miserable at that point. I was really starved myself. Uh, I was make, I made myself sick once. Uh, not intentionally, but like with like not eating, like I was sick after training. Uh, let me just make that very clear. And yeah, like that was a dark period. And then I lost my weight, got to the lightest weight I've ever been. I still haven't got that past that 13 stone, 2.5, I can see uh, on November the 2nd, 20% body fat. It was my mate's birthday, Jacob, I just mentioned. And I put this post on Instagram actually quite regularly. Um, it's me and him drinking together. And I look at that and I'm really sad when I see that because for the first ever time in my life, when you're a fat kid who trains, your sleeves will always stretch. Always. The sleeves didn't stretch that night. I remember how I felt. Went to Brough, went to a pub called The Ferry Inn. Um, I actually been carted home in a taxi that night, but that's a different story. That's nothing to do with my weight. But I remember going out the night before the night and being really sad with how I looked. And for the first ever time in my life, it wasn't because I was fat. It's because I felt tiny. Obviously, I've never got to 13 stone two again in my life. I don't think I ever will. Properly. Not in that way anyway. Um, and then I then started increasing my calories. I started, this is where, so November last year, where things started getting good for me. So that just shows, like, you can be at any level you want to be. I only really started getting it last year. I was a PT for four years before I started really having a clue about not starving myself. Obviously, I told my clients to do that. Psychologically, I didn't want to do it myself. And that's because I wanted quick results. I wanted them for me, but I didn't want them for my clients. I know they were sustainable. So I learned a real good lesson with starving myself in that last September, October last year. But then November onwards, I'm looking at this now, I'm seeing... I was at 13 stone four, four weeks later, 20% body fat. Body fat's lower than it was when I starved myself, funny enough. 
So I've got less body fat now than when I felt skinny last October. And that's because I did it properly this time around. Um, and we're, we're at the back end of the story now. Um, I had a slight weight gain again of a lockdown three. Um, but then I really started loving my walking. Uh, I was going to South Cave and walking 40,000 steps a day between outdoor PT. So I was eating like a pig, but I was burning six to 7,000 calories in one day. Um, and then when we came back in the gym, that's when things started going right for me. That's when fine fitness became, obviously the rebrand happened in July. That's when I started being happy with how I look. This is this man that's just gone. Um, so that just shows like, I only started to really kind, even now I dismiss myself, but I only really started being okay with how I look since this May. I've been doing this for four to five years at this point. I was very sad with myself for 19 to 20 years prior to that. It just shows like some days you're going to feel great. Some days you're going to feel like dog shit. And that is perfectly fine. I want you lot to understand this when you listen to this today. Like you will feel like a bag of dicks some days and some days you'll feel like fucking men. Do you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, like, so I've, it took me five years to tr truly see that weight does fluctuate. Again, I say that on first. Yes, I've said it in the first, but when it's your own weight, you've got an emotional attachment to it. I don't have emotional attachment to any of my clients' weights because I don't believe in weight. It doesn't matter. But my own, I do, and I'm guilty of that, and we're all guilty of that, really. But when we came back in the gym, I looked back at my... Um, my depression of the last few lockdowns. And I was like, I want to give back somehow. I need to give back somehow. And that's when the 24-hour spin was born. Um, at that point, I whacked my calories up to 3,000 calories. Um, I bike to and from work as normal. I've always done that. But I was doing an hour and a half to two hours of cycling three times a week on the spin bike at work to get ready for it. And now I've got, and you've probably seen my Instagram story, I am vain about one, one body part of mine, and that's, you You already know, like, if you do follow me on Instagram, that's my quads. I'm very happy with my quads. It's the one thing i got going for me. Um, and the, the quads started really popping since May, and that's because of the 24-hour spin. So if you do want giant quads, just fucking spin bike every single day and make sure you need to work outside for four months and have to bike a kettlebell with you. That'll get your legs fucking pumping till you. Um, so let's have a look at what weight I weighed. So I was 13 stone 10, 18% body fat around May time this year. Um, and I just signed up to an online coach at that point that was purely based around body weight training. Wasn't with them for long. They were a decent service, but um, but yeah, so I, I needed to concentrate on the 24 hour spin. So maybe at another time they would have been the right fit for me, but I needed to concentrate on that. I couldn't be asked with fanning down with the body weight exercise stuff. And yeah, so since since May, really, I'm, I'm kind of the same weight. Um, let's scroll through here. So 13.9, 13.8, 13.7. Okay, so September this year really started to go down. But the biggest change in my weight recently has been my body fat. So I'm now sitting at 16.2% body fat. That's the lowest body fat I've ever had recorded. And knowing me being a fat kid, it's probably the lowest body fat I've ever had in my life. But it's also not my lightest. So what does that say to you lot? It says to you that, because it's not Dora the Explorer, I'm not waiting for a response, but it says to you lot that the weight isn't everything. Like I know I've just said that, and I've said it to millions of persons in the past, but I've been lighter, but had more fat on me. That's because I had shit water retention because I was starving myself. And that's because I wasn't training properly. But now I'm heavier 
with less body fat. No one ever comes on with me to lose weight. They've come with me to lose body fat. And that there, that's my own weight journey to show you all what I mean. I don't just say that to get clients. I mean it. So we're sitting today. I've got my new online coach. I mentioned at the start today. I'm really loving my training. I'm the strongest I've ever been. But I still hate how I look sometimes. And this isn't a pity party. I just am. And we all will. We'll all have them days and weeks and months where we feel shit about ourselves. It's getting past it that's important. It's making the most when you do feel great about yourself. And that's what I want the sort of finishing messages to be today, is just because you felt amazing yesterday and you feel like shit yesterday does not mean that you are always the worst, the worst version of you in regards to your body image. Try and celebrate what you do have, like my quads, I'll keep saying it, but and really appreciate that you are where you are today from the choices that you've made in the past. I got really fat while lockdown one because I chose to have takeaways every night. I was fat at secondary because I chose to have two breakfasts and two teas. I started losing weight at college because I chose that fitness was going to be my job. Like the decisions you've made today will outcome the way you look tomorrow. So when people are wanting instant fixes, imagine if you're 32 years old and you were overweight. But for some reason, in your head, you think, if I get a PT, I'll be really, really light at 33. Hang the fuck on. You just, all that effort from between 1 and 32, when you started putting weight on, you think you're going to reverse that in a year. That doesn't happen. And that's why we need to get people out of these quick fixes and stuff, because it didn't take you six weeks to look like a fat shit, or to feel like a fat shit, sorry. So it ain't going to take six weeks for you to, to feel shit. Like, so stop thinking these years and years and years of damage is suddenly going to be reversed in six, seven weeks' time. You've got habits to instill. You've got to create sustainable ways to lose fat. Create sustainable ways not just to lose fat. Let's gain some strength while we're at it. Let's feel more confident under, under a bar in the gym. Let's increase your confidence in and outside the gym. Let's stop looking at six-week fixes for you to feel absolute shite on week 10. Got it? And, yeah, in summary, that has been my weight loss journey, a bit of my, my career journey there. We've gone way off topic here today. I was expecting this to be like the shortest podcast ever. So in summary, my recording, let's get the stats in there because I know you all want that. Um, since recording my weight loss or fat loss journey, because I don't believe in weight loss, three stone, 11.1 pounds change. Um, my start weight recorded was 18 and a half. 13.67 now. I know the numbers don't exactly match. That's because I kept going higher and lower every now and then as well. I am the lightest I've ever been in my life. I am the heaviest either. I've got the lowest body fat I've ever had in my life. That's because I started training properly and started losing fat properly. And right now, I don't care what about my weight. When I'm looking at my weight and I'm weighing myself now, it's purely for a performance standpoint now. I do not give a shit if I get to 13 stones ever again. I don't think I will. I've got a naturally large square frame. If I don't, so be it. And hopefully today's message about me, 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 me gives some benefit towards you and your goals and your life. And the, the, the lasting images that I want to sort of get from you guys is that this, whatever you look like today, wasn't built over six, seven weeks. It was a lifetime of decisions that you've made for yourself. So yeah, that has been episode 20 of the Fine Fitness Podcast. As I will always say, please, please, please share on your stories. Um, I get paid if it goes on Spotify wrapped if a certain percentage of people's 
uh, podcasts if I'm number one of their most listened to. So if you can get my name out there before the 1st of November, that would be absolutely grand. I want to be on people's Spotify rap this year. I wasn't on anyone's last year because, well, I think I missed a window anyway for it. But yeah, that has been another episode of the Five Fitness Podcast. Uh, I'll speak to you all soon. And let's celebrate a year of the podcast next month. See you all later.